I'm Jimmy Murray, and this is the History Fact of the Day. Today's history lesson is on Betty Ford. Betty Ford wanted to be a dancer, a wife, and a mother, but she became much more. When her husband was appointed 38th President of the United States, she suddenly became a celebrity. She used her notoriety to promote humanitarian causes and to raise awareness of breast cancer and addiction battles that she personally fought and was compelled to publicly acknowledge. Betty Ford was born Elizabeth Ann Bloomer on April 8, 1918 in Chicago. She was the third child and only daughter of Hortense Neer and William Stevenson Bloomer. The family lived in Chicago and Denver before settling in Grand Rapids, Michigan when Betty was two years old. William Bloomer sold conveyor belts for the Royal Rubber Company. The family spent summers at its cottage at Whitefish Lake in northern Michigan. In her 1978 autobiography, Ford described her childhood and high school years as filled with friends, dates, and social outings. Her mother was a stickler for etiquette and she enrolled her children in social dance classes. When Betty began the lessons at the age of eight, it was the beginning of a lifelong love for dance. Soon, she was learning Spanish, ballet, tap, and acrobatic dance. She began teaching dance to young children at the age of 14. There were dark times in her childhood. The family lost money during the Depression. And when Betty was 16, her father tragically passed away of carbon monoxide poisoning while working on a car. After graduating from high school, Bloomer worked as a fashion assistant for a department store in Grand Rapids and taught dance. She dreamed of dancing in New York, but her mother, with whom she had a close relationship, refused to allow her daughter to move to New York until she was 20. As a consolation, Bloomer studied for two summers at the Bennington School of Dance in Bennington, Vermont, where she met many well-known dancers, including Martha Graham. In 1938, Bloomer traveled to New York to study dance at Graham School. To help support herself, she also worked as a model with the John Roberts Powers Agency. After about one year, Bloomer's mother persuaded her to return to Grand Rapids. She continued working at the department store, started her own dance group, worked with handicapped children, and maintained an active social life. Bloomer expected to return to New York to continue her studies with Graham, but her plans changed. In 1947, Bloomer met Gerald R. Ford, a Navy lieutenant who had recently returned from a tour of duty to resume his law practice. The young couple dated for a year before marrying on October 15, 1948. Two weeks later, her husband won election to the House of Representatives. The Fords moved to Washington, expecting to stay for one two-year term. They remained for 29 years. Ford immersed herself in her new life as the wife of a young congressman. She learned how the legislature and the Supreme Court operated and participated in the Congressional Wives Club. The Fords had four children, Michael Gerald, born March 15, 1950, John Gardner, born March 16, 1952, Stephen Miggs, born May 19, 1956, and Susan Elizabeth, born July 6, 1957. The family lived in Alexandria, Virginia. While her husband climbed through the ranks of the house, Ford was involved with her young children's activities including Cub Scouts, Brownies, Sunday School, and Sports. She also remained active in the Congressional Wives Club, the 81st Congress Club, and the National Federation of Republican Women. 
1964, at the age of 46, Ford suffered a pinched nerve in her neck, which caused debilitating pain. She was placed in traction and underwent physical therapy, but the condition remained. The pinched nerve, combined with pain from arthritis, prompted doctors to prescribe pain medication. When her husband became minority leader of the House of Representatives in 1965, it put a strain on Ford's mental health. He traveled extensively, leaving her to care for the family almost exclusively. It was a difficult year for Ford. In her autobiography, she described herself as a fragile bottle that finally broke. She sought therapy to ease the strain. In 1973, as the Fords were planning for retirement, Vice President Spiro Agnew resigned and President Richard Nixon appointed Gerald Ford as his replacement. Less than a year after being appointed Vice President, Gerald Ford became President of the United States when Richard Nixon resigned. On August 9, 1974, Ford took on a new role, First Lady. Ford championed many causes as First Lady. She campaigned for the Equal Rights Amendment, the proposed constitutional amendment that would have guaranteed equal rights to women. She encouraged the President to appoint women to high-level positions, including Secretary of Housing and Urban Development and Ambassador to Great Britain. Ford was an advocate for the arts. She persuaded her husband to present the Presidential Medal of Freeman to Martha Graham. Ford remained a friend of Graham's until her death in 1991. Ford also worked for social causes. She supported Washington's Hospital for Sick Children, the Heart Association, Goodwill Industries, the Cancer and Arthritis Foundations, and No Greater Love, an organization which assisted children of soldiers lost or missing in action. Ford's outspokenness continued to gain attention. Some people believe that the expression of Ford's liberal opinions was inappropriate for her position. Many others rallied behind her and her popularity rose. In 1982, Ford and Leonard Firestone co-founded the Betty Ford Center in Rancho Mirage, California to treat people with dependencies. It is regarded as one of the best treatment facilities in the United States. Ford is the center's chairman of the board. The Fords live in Rancho Mirage. They have six grandchildren. Ford continues to work at the center and remains involved with handicapped children, the arts, breast cancer detection, arthritis, AIDS, and other women's issues. Ford's legacy is her openness and forthrightness in discussing her personal struggles. Her willingness to reveal her breast cancer raised the public's awareness of the disease and educated many women about early detection. She also spoke frankly about mental health and helped remove the stigma associated with it. During a television interview with Morley Safer on 60 Minutes, she repeated her support for the right of pregnant women to decide whether we, whether they wish to have an abortion. She also, she also raised no objections to young people of opposite genders cohabiting before marriage. Some people believe... I'm Jimmy Murray. Thanks for listening to History Facts on the Kid Friendly Network. Music is by Kevin McLeod. Executive Producer Chris Kremitzos.